Welcome back, everyone. This is Eltai, and here we are at the MMOs.com podcast. We had a long delay, but we're back now with episode 202, and I'm joined this week by... Omer. All right. Lost are, my pacing there. Lost my pacing there, because uh, it's been so long since we did this, you know? I know, I know. Your, your intro there was a little off, Eltai. Yeah, it's just, it feels weird, you know? It's been too long. Well, we are we are back again, uh, and we'll be resuming the podcast every Tuesday as we can. Uh, we were away uh, overseas in the Orient, as Altai was saying in the pregame. We were in Hong Kong and China for a while, and we didn't do it over there. We didn't have our microphones, and we had like one laptop. It wasn't a practical setup for us to do the podcast or the weekly news recap, but both of those are, are back on the schedule. And we, we missed quite a bit. We didn't get to talk about BlizzCon, though most of the drama and stuff was discussed over there already. But there's a lot been happening in the MO world these last uh, these last couple of weeks, actually. So we do have plenty of things to talk about, some drama to dive into. Uh, first of all, let's start with uh, what, what have you been playing off? Anything anything special lately? Just Warcraft Three has been my main uh, game. <laughs> we played a bit last night, a bunch of old custom games. And besides what? that, mm-hmm. I um, I, uh, I was talking to some kid here in Vancouver, and he is playing Pokemon Go. So I re-downloaded it. And what's amazing is he has almost no interest in the actual new Pokemon game, Sword and Shield. So he's like, I think he's like 10 or something. But mm-hmm. for him, gaming is mobile. Like that is number one. You know, like that, not just number one. That's the only avenue of gaming. Wow. So. It's so sad considering how, how much better the Pokemon, like other Pokemon games are versus Pokemon Mobile. Like I, I would have liked Pokemon Mobile if there was more. That game felt like an empty husk of a game, especially at launch. It's getting a bit better now. Like there's actually some stuff to do like trading and like, PvP and like more actual battles and stuff. When the game launched, it was literally nothing to do. But yeah. it's so sad that that's so popular compared to the other Pokemon games. They definitely added a bit more. Like you can trade now. You can uh, there's like these daily quests. You can do like I don't know, like trade with somebody. You can trade mm-hmm. items with people or give them gifts. Mm-hmm. So well, there you go. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm gonna one up you with your Warcraft three. Okay, you know, missing with that new age. You know, you're basically uh you know. Like a zoomer playing Warcraft three, all right. You're basically a baby. I started. I played a little bit of Age of Empires two the other day, all right. The 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 definitive edition version. That that game came out in 1999, all right. I I'm gonna one up your 2002 2001 RTS with a 1999 RTS, all right. There's something wrong when the games we play today are going back further and further back to the good old days. You know, WoW Classic is huge. You know, I'm looking forward to Warcraft three reforged, and I'm playing Age of Empires two definitive edition. What's wrong with us, Altai? We're stuck in the past, and we're just literally on this podcast yelling about mobile games and how awful they are. But that's what everyone's playing. Well, first of all, how is uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition? I, uh, I've also pur- you know, I pre-purchased it. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I do plan to play it. The, it it's much better than the HD Edition, which was like some laggy hot mess in terms of like the netcode on Steam. I, I can never actually get HD Edition working well. It, it looks beautiful and it runs really well. It, it plays much better. I played one round of multiplayer, multi single player stuff. Kind of wish the AI was a little bit better on the on the single player campaign and stuff, but it, it's it's good. Uh, I'm only because I'm a big nostalgic fan. I played a lot of Empires two back in the day. It's fun. All right, nice. It's like twenty bucks though, right? Yeah, something like that. Oh, maybe if it goes on sale, we can have a big land party. We got yeah, we got to play Command and Conquer like Red Alert when they remaster that one as well. All yeah. right, we got yeah, keep going back and back further and further. And what's crazy is this this age of like returning to nostalgia it's happening in MMOs as well i mean uh a big announcement this last month has been the release of uh, you know, arc age unchained you know the uh it's kind of it's not really like a, like a classic version of the game but a non-pay-to-win version of the game and we've seen wow classic of course we've seen so many progression servers for these games as well i mean even older games have kind of kind of found newfound uh popularity 
by doing these kind of progression servers, you know, like Ragnarok Online did a progression server and they had thousands of players online. You know, EverQuest 1 had a progression server. EverQuest 2 had a progression server. Like so many games, they don't really think about do progression servers. And I'm confident in the near future, we're going to get a, uh, a Nexon's uh, MapleStory progression server. Yes, that would be big. Definitely, 100%. There are people out there today that are playing MapleStory on private servers because they don't like Big Bang. They want to play the game the way it was played back then. They like to grind, you know? Like, every step that MapleStory does makes the grind easier and easier, which is, I guess, okay for a mainstream audience, but some people some people want to sit down, turn their brains off, and literally grind, okay? I mean, this last patch, they, they, did, they did an update for MapleStory just like, there's one coming out in two days, on the 20th. I, I, it's like one day, actually. I forgot, what, I forgot what day it is for a second, but uh, they're adding a patch that's going to reduce the XP required from level like 220 to 234 by another 25%. So, if you play... Pre-Big Bang Maple Story, that game is unforgiving, all right? You die at, like, a high level, you lose, like, five hours worth of grind. So we're going to see more and more progression servers, more and more return to nostalgia, and the success of WoW Classic kind of proves that. Indeed. And we, we had a, like you said, we missed a big, we missed a whole bunch of big uh, announcements while we were in Hong Kong. Not, not only did we miss BlizzCon, which we can talk, we'll talk about, but we missed League of Legends announcing their 10-year uh, anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they announced, like, bajillion new league of legends games that was pretty surprising i thought we'd get one or two we got like four or five um i thought you think that's surprising so i met in the chat to e ballard at g star gravity announced nine ragnarok online games can you believe they pulled nine games out of this <laughs> franchise like look league of legends riot games pulling out like four games from the league universe which has been you know, the biggest like pc game in the world for like 10 years Except maybe recently Fortnite was competing with it. Like, that's believable. But they pulled nine games. And we've already had like 10 Ragnarok games in the past. They pulled nine games from this franchise. Like, ha- that is like the ultimate like milking of a franchise possible. This they, they made a Ragnarok clicker, which they've already had, right? They had a Ragnarok clicker in the past. Now they have like an p- idle pouring clicker where you just like have a pouring that you click on. Like, what are they doing? Uh, that's I mean, To be fair though, they've been desperate with Ragnarok for a while. They've been milking that for a while. Mm-hmm. But with Riot, I mean, you know they've been a one-trick pony for ten years now. You know. Yeah. So do you do you know do you know you have a list of how many games they announced? I, I know that they're doing they're doing they're doing a fighting game. They're doing a fighting uh, game. They're, do- they're doing a card game. They're a doing a shooting game. game, like a like a hero shooter basically. That's kind of weird. That you is know, really uh, weird. That that's the one that kind of caught me off surprise. The other ones kind of like fit with the league universe. But like I don't know. I I just didn't visualize like an FPS like a shooting game within the, the you know the league universe. It might be. Th- I think they said third person. Or f- I'm not sure if it's first or third mm-hmm. person. But uh, it's, it is a shooter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of new games coming out. I mean, some of these are PC games as well. So there's definitely some hope. I mean, we've been talking quite a bit about how, how much mobile games are taking over the world. It's been kind of a recurring theme in, in the podcast. I mean, we look at all the earnings calls for these companies. We're going to go over those this week as well. A lot of fun ones to go over this week. But seeing some PC games being announced is definitely big news. I mean, I, I like the fact that we've had a lot of big Pearl, Pearl Abyss announced a bunch, of, yes. a bunch of PC games as well. That's a That's a big one. Maybe worth going over that one. I know I put the news on at com, but there's like five new, four, four new games they announced. Okay, so let's, let's start with Pearl Abyss. Um, okay. I watched the, for the, the, there's a prequel to Black Desert coming out called Crimson Desert. Yeah, very, really like that very desert. original name. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually love the trailer. And one of the interesting thing, things about this game is going to be it's an MMO, but it's going to have basically a single player campaign, like this whole story mode campaign. Mm-hmm. And that's what the trailer really was about. I mean, or I, know, I know we watched it yeah, together. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. So what do you think? Successful? Not successful? Uh, I, honestly, I am optimistic on Pearl Abyss. I mean, the fact... Remember we talked a few weeks... A few, uh, at least like a year ago now. But they, they made Black Desert Online with a budget of like $1 million. The engine for the game. I mean, they are a scrappy company. I mean, they're pretty big now. They've IPO. They're publicly traded. So like all their financials are public. 
But this company has gotten a lot done in the last few years. You know, we look at a company, all these Kickstarter bullshit companies that they, they can't seem to release their current games. And we've seen big companies as well. Just they can't release games very quickly. Games just drag on forever. You know, Kingdom of the Fire 2 announced back in 2008 and finally came out like this, like this month. But like this company announced like four games coming out like relatively soon in the next year or so. So I'm optimistic that you know, Pearl of can get shit done as a company. And for that reason, I think Crimson Desert will do well. I mean, the story looked pretty good. It looked like a, I was playing a single player like Bioware style RPG, like some story driven game. And it's going to be an MMORPG as well. So it looks pretty legit. Did anyone else get Game of Thrones vibes from this? Like, oh, for for sure. Every time they said the North, everyone's kind of like at this point. If you hear the word the North, you're gonna think Game of but, Thrones. But not just the name, but like the guy, the way the guy looks, like with the black hair, kind of like mm-hmm. well, no, me. But like, you know, he kind of looks like the Rob or Bran or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I got some strong Game of Thrones vibes. Yeah, for sure. So all, all the trailers and stuff. I've, you know, I'm sure most of you guys have seen it already. If you haven't, we just kind of compiled all the trailers over there. Mm-hmm. This Plan Eight, you know, an exosuit and motion shooter. I'm not sure what that means. We've got an exosuit and motion shooter coming out you know this plan eight is being uh one of the he- people leading the development is one of the co-makers of uh counter-strike the original counter-strike ah the, the, the thing is like that <laughs> used to mean something but then what was, what was that one other game that that goose goose in what was the guy's name that made uh counter the co-creator of counter-strike made that game that, that launched on steam was an epic flop mm-hmm. oh my god what's it? somebody in this chat i don't remember the name but yeah there's somebody a in the chat shooter there's nowhere. a bullshit shooter that one of the co-creators of Counter-Strike made, and it went nowhere. All right? Absolutely nowhere. Complete flop. I'm trying to think of the name right now, but listen, it's escaping. Listen. All right. Okay. Gooseman. His name was Gooseman, wasn't it? Gooseman. CS. Counter-Strike. Min Lee. Min Lee was the guy's name. I'm going to find the game name in a second, all right? Because for sure it's going to come up on hey, this. You find the game name while I show you guys a trailer for another Perlibus game that I think looks pretty cool. This is like the childish kitty one. This is the one that I think we had some rumors about like last year even. Uh, but it is a PC game. It kind of reminds me of Pokemon. I'm not sure exactly what uh, what's going to be happening in this game. But it kind of reminds me of Pokemon. You summon these little dudes to help you fight stuff. Mm-hmm. Korean Pokemon. There you go. Uh, Doki Doki V, right? Doki V or Doki 5? I don't, I don't Doki know. Doki 5. I mean, uh, where's Doki 4? Where's Doki 3? Huh? It looks colorful. I like it. It looks different. Sadly, this is only a cinematic trailer. Obviously, we don't have yeah. any graphics here. I wish we had some gameplay. Yeah. The the worst is when they show off trailers like this. Oh, it's it's like, I, I want to see gameplay game footage, but but it's probably just in-game cinematic. Yeah. This these are, these are not. These look this look like a cutscene. Yeah. So again, there's there's quite a few games coming out for Pearl Abyss. They're they're getting some shit done. All right. Respect mm-hmm. for them. And Chat Arena as well. It's coming out. It's a it's a fighting game. Our arena fantasy fighter. That one actually, I'm the I'm the least excited for. So this is Shadow Arena. It's supposed to be some kind of medieval battle royale or something, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it seems like they really want to make a battle royale game on Black Desert, and like didn't really, I guess, go anywhere. So they kind of made, they want to make something standalone, I guess, with that concept maybe. But yeah, I'm not too excited for this one either. I'm looking forward to base everything else on this list. I'm I'm, I'm definitely excited for. Like Embo Shooter and Doki V as a, some kind of casual, even if it's, if it's like a hub world style game, it, it looks interesting. But you know what's funny? I bet the Shadow Arena is going to kill any hope that, uh, what's it called? That that other Battle Royale has fantasy by that by those guys making that MMORPG. Hmm. Apocalypse. Something Apocalypse. Astro Creation Apocalypse? Astro yeah, Creation Apocalypse. This is that game! Kill- 
Hold on. We gotta talk. You brought it up. You brought the shit up. We gotta talk about this shit, alright? I think we called this a while ago. This is a complete and utter flop. Look at the games. Look at the Steam charts for Battle for Actual Creation Apocalypse. Literal zero, alright? We're down to 11 right now. All right? 11, Maybe not, boys. Alright, we're down to 11 players online. And, and, and honestly, it's probably like... It's probably like Mr. Sharif and his, like, the guys at the office leaving the client running, right? They want to boost the numbers. So, like, there's, like, the 10 employees, that, the, the, all the employees that, you know, Asher Creation are leaving the game running just to, just to goose the numbers, of course, all right? I don't, I don't blame them. If, if I had a game, I would leave the client running, too, to boost the numbers. Because, the, the, honestly, what's interesting is what a lot of people do, and I'm sure many of you guys in chat do this. I know I do. I know my brother does it. When you want to play a game like this, you see a new game, the first thing I look at, I don't really care about the reviews, you know? I don't mind playing shit games. In fact, I like playing shit games. So I'll, the first thing I'll do, I'll look at people are playing the game. Yeah. I'll check Steam charts. I want to see if people are online. If nobody's online, it's an instant pass. Like, you can't get a game of a battle royale with 11 players online. It's impossible. There's just not enough people in a single game. So because of that, this game is, is dead in water. There's no chance for this game to succeed. And I, I, I never bought the nonsense that they were saying earlier. Oh, it's just like a world for us to test our combat. And, you know, this is going to help us develop the MRPG. Yeah, bro. Then why is it that literally in like the pre-alpha that you tested for this, there was already a cash shop? The first thing they added to the game was some kind of cash shop and some monetization strategy. They gotta test their payment system to see if it can accept oh, money or more. Come on. There you go. Like that's like that part. Like if it wasn't available in beta, okay, that makes sense. But literally, the payment system and the microtransaction were built in at the beginning. That tells you when they designed this game, the first thing they thought of, they designed it around some kind of you know, microtransaction model. So I ain't buying for a second this whole nonsense about. It's just a place for us to test our, our, our mechanics. Bullshit. And honestly, like, like as, as skeptical as I was for Astro Creation Apocalypse, I, I've, I, I think I've said it quite a few times. I'm more optimistic for Astro Creation than I was for Chronicles of Illyria and many of the other Vaporware Kickstarter games out there, especially because of how much money they raised and how much money uh, Mr. Sharif himself personally has and can dedicate to this project. I mean, they have an office. They have, like, 20 people at that office paying them a salary to work there. I mean, that shit is getting done. But seeing this game... Kind of dash any hopes I had for the MRPG. This is this is just like a, a lesson in just just incompetence and just just like I don't understand that the fact that why they even released this. Like at, at a certain point, you could just sat down and be like, okay, we played this game in house. It sucks. Okay, whatever. Maybe we don't know. Maybe maybe we're missing. Something. Maybe it's a great game that we don't understand yet. All right. Maybe they thought it was great. They actually did an open beta for the game uh, that ran for like. Like like three days or something, right? It was supposed to be like a long open beta, but it only ran for like three days, and they shut it down. And then they only ran the open beta every weekend, and they shut that down as well because nobody was playing it. And then they did a big launch recently, and of course, like when all those open betas and all those playtests kind of show you that nobody wants to play this game, why then do you launch it? You know, the best move they could have said was, you know what? We made this battle royale game. We get we collected a lot of useful data from players. It was a, we accomplished our mission by testing our mechanics, and now we're we're shutting it down. If they said that. Okay, well, whatever, well they know. did that actually. They actually wiped the Steam page, right? So oh, yeah, they, did, yeah, they did what you said, but then for some reason they just brought it back. Uh, and then I don't know what they were expecting. Yeah, I, I don't understand what they were thinking. This game, they, they knew from their playtest this wasn't going to go anywhere. They absolutely knew. And they're hoping for a miracle. Like They were they were splashing money as well. Guys, but hold on. Yeah, guys, guys, listen. For, for realsies, for, to any of the true Astro Creation believers out there, they were spending US dollars on advertising Asher Creation Apocalypse. Now listen, guys, if this is a merely a testing ground for their new mechanics and systems, why are they spending backer money, investor money, literal actual dollars on advertising Asher Creation Apocalypse? I saw Asher Creation Apocalypse ads on MOS.com. They, they were spending money on MOS.com for Asher Creation Apocalypse to, to, to drive more users to the game. 
That's not something you do for a product that you're using to test your mechanics out. Come on. Like, is anybody in the chat, is anybody buying that? They, they, it's crazy. I, th I think a lot more people have realized, though, that this is getting a little more, a little more skeptical, a little more, you know, a little more nonsense. We're gonna leave the Shadow Arena uh, at Pearl Abyss to show them how it's done. All right, how a, a janky mm -hmm. medieval battle royale is done. All right. Mm -hmm. well, that, we, we, because we mentioned uh, we mentioned uh, Pearl Abyss, maybe, maybe worth going over their earnings as well, which came out recently. Well, actually, this one's not too spicy. We'll skip this one. Uh, spoilers: They make a lot of money on mobile. Uh, they made more, a little more money on PC because Pearl Abyss ended up buying. Uh, buying uh, CCP, which makes EVE Online and integrate with their earnings now. So they make a little more money on PC. But basically, all of Pearl Abyss's money comes from mobile games. But it's cool that all these new games they announced were PC games. These weren't mobile games, you know? Also, we did get a, a, an actual date for the release of the uh, Black Desert Mobile, finally. And yes. Global launch, December 11, not too far away. And this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. If you pre-register the, mo the mobile version, which is free, you get mm -hmm. a free copy of the PC or Xbox version of Black Desert, which still costs like $10, right? Yeah, it's awesome. So best, the, the game is basically mm -hmm. free if you, you know, at this point, if you just pre-register for the mobile version. The thing is, though, I feel like Black Desert has been kind of like on the fence free for a long time now. If you wanted to play the game for free, there were so many ways to do it. I know when they had the, the Shadow Arena, the, the Battle Royale mode in Black Desert Online, you could make a free trial account. And if you did the, the if you tried the Battle Royale mode three times, you got the whole game for free. So they've done so many events where they give the game for free. So, you know, I feel like I feel at this point, Black Desert is basically free to play, and that that paywall is there to stop like hackers at this point. Because if you, if you get banned, you got to buy another ten bucks. Wait for the next you know free event where you get the game for free. But then again, as Saffron mentioned too, you do have to spend money in game to, to get the full experience, having pets and stuff to help you loot. Because when you're killing that many enemies, you know that brings up a good point though with the looting system in in Black Desert Online. I feel like some games like Black Desert Online and 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 Maple Story are perfect examples of this like design. Where they designed the loot system to really like screw to, to kind of force you to spend money. There's no way they thought that was a good idea if they didn't want to design it to milk you out of money because you kill so many enemies in Black Desert Online that looting becomes like very difficult if you're paying if you're playing as a free user with no pets. And in Maple Story, you know, when you blow up the whole screen, there's a million items on the ground. Like, what is this? Like they, they designed the loot system in both these games as a monetization strategy, which is very weird. It feels kind of like unfair or like disingenuous well you know i don't mind it because it's actually not as bad as the inventory space that's also bullshit well i mean they gotta okay you gotta get people through the door for your play right and before black desert people have been monetizing inventory space right that was a yeah. huge restriction you know and to be fair in black desert especially at the beginning a lot of the loot is pretty useless so it's not like you're missing yeah. much true I mean, it's only when you're actually trying to farm for, like, uh, silver, you know, like, late game, and you, you got to kill everything in, in bulk. Uh, I think the game is totally enjoyable, right? You're not going to min-max if you're not, not auto-looting. I get that, right? But the no, game is not, totally not, enjoyable. No, it, yes, but it, it feels like they're taking away such a core part of the game. Like, literally, looting becomes, like, a ha huge hassle for you later on. Wasn't that the same issue we had in um, MapleStory, even, even back in the yeah. old days? Well, yeah, Maple. Yeah, again, you have to buy a pet to. Uh... Yes, exactly what I said. Yeah, okay, it was yeah. it was a disaster. Could you kill? You blow up the screen. A it wasn't a dropped. disaster. We enjoyed it. It was bad. It was. Listen, here's the thing. Somebody said no shit, but here's the deal, guys. I would rather Black Desert or Maple Story literally sell pay to win weapons, where you can just literally buy gear for U.S. dollars. That's more honest to me than the than, than designing your systems in the game around milking players. 
where it's literally inconveniencing you in such a weird way. Just just sell pay-to-win weapons. I'm okay with I'm more okay with selling outright best weapons in the game for cash than I am with literally designing the game to frustrate players. Because one, you don't have to buy, you know, as long as like there's no enemy in the game that literally requires best weapon to kill. Like it's impossible to kill that best enemy in the game without that weapon. That's fine. If it takes you a long time, no, that's I, fine. No, I think I think the trend is and, and the accepted norm is you can pay for convenience, but not power. So this yes. follows the same thing. You could technically loot one by one. No, <laughs> no one's stopping you. I get that, that that's a trend. I would re- personally no. rather a game. I, I disagree. I think once you see the power. No, I disagree. Once you see the facade, like the, the, once the mask is gone like that, and you just see the power, like you, the whole paying for convenience is like a, is actually hiding the fact that you're paying for power, right? It's a, it's an indirect way of paying for power if you can pay for convenience. That's true. So it, 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 it obscures it. So if you can actually just show, if you, if, if people can just pay for power, they won't play. But here's a convenience thing. Like, if you pay for convenience, I get that. That's fair. Like in Maple Story, if you pay for the teleportation rocks, they teleport anywhere in the world like instantly. That's a huge convenience. But it doesn't feel like the game world was designed to force me to buy that. The way it is, the same way it does for looting in Maple Story, where you have to have the pets. Otherwise, it becomes like, what am I doing? You know? Literally, if you see anyone play Maple Story, like the whole screen is full of bags of cash because nobody wants to pick that shit up. Quality. Quality gameplay features, all right? It, it just, like, it feels like design that was designed to like frustrate players and spending money and i, I don't know the, 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 there's a borderline between frustration and convenience and arguably the hyper teleportation rock is way more useful in maple story by the way like if you choose between a pet that lets you loot maple story or hyper teleportation rock for free the rock is so much better it lets you teleport anywhere in the game world saves a lot of time but the design behind that seems better than the design behind the the loot system which is designed to frustrate players honestly i would i actually think the tiny inventory space is a bigger deal than the auto looting stuff, but I think at the end of the day, look, these companies have to make money more. So I'd of rather course, they sell this. That's than... why I said make them pay to win. I, no, I said I'm no, okay no, with selling no, pay to win no. weapons. I don't want to more so. I don't want to so. pay for a sword that's like the best sword in the game. That's gay. You can, you can already do that. You can already do that. Every game you can basically do that by paying players in game to get you the weapon. You know, well, good, nothing stops RFK anyway. There's more steps though. I don't know. All right, let's talk about uh, league. No, no, we already, we already talked about it. There's nothing else to talk about, right? You said there was some gameplay footage for the, from the beta for the card game, but uh, there's no, the rest of them have nothing. No gameplay, right? Yeah, unfortunately, there's, there's, there's really nothing else to show. There's a few other big topics I wanted to cover this week. Uh, we got to talk about Kingdom of the Fire 2 all the time. I, I, I got a little bit of a rant for this one. We got to talk a little bit about Kingdom of the Fire 2. This game, it finally launched, by the way. Uh, I'll link you the, the launch trailer you can see on, on MMOs.com. So this, this, this is a bit odd because uh, this game, was announced back in 2008, boys. It's been 11 years since Kingdom of the Fire 2 was announced. And all of a sudden, guys, GameForge, GameForge, a Western company, came out and launched this game out of nowhere, basically. They announced something last month, a couple months ago, when they were going to launch it. It happened. And it's weird because this game had its closed beta in like 2011, so three years after the first announcement. And basically since then, it's been kind of dead. Like It was playable in certain formats throughout the years, like in different regions and servers. And those versions kept shutting down. And... I think two years ago, they announced this blueprint. The developer themselves announced a blueprint to launch in uh, Southeast Asia, in Russia, and then eventually the US. And they missed all those deadlines. So the, the initial, even like the late schedule for this game to launch by its own developer, they missed all those deadlines. And all of a sudden, Game 4 is like, you know what? We need a new game to launch. Who can we, where can we find a new game? Oh, Kingdom of the Fire 2. Let's go get this game that basically shut down everywhere in the world that nobody really plays anymore because it never actually fully came out. Let's go license that one. That's the game we got to license, and that's the game we got to launch. Uh, but sir, no one's going to like that game. It's like, uh, you know, it's not fully complete yet. There's clearly some problems with that game. Otherwise, it would have launched in its home market. 
ain't no problem. Let's go make it buy to play instead of free to play so we can milk all that money up front. Genius, sir. Let's do it. So they're, they're pulling almost like a bless online in the monetization strategy where they took this free to play game and it was never quite finished. Even bless was never quite finished because it's a laggy hot mess in this home market. And they're making it buy to play in the West starting at 30 bucks. Now, some initial reactions, I think, were clearly a bit better for uh, Kingdom of the Fire 2, but I haven't played it since the GameForge version launched. But the fact that it was launched, it was originally announced in 2008, first closed beta test in 2011, and, and missed all their deadlines for, for their global launches. And out of nowhere, GameForge, of all companies, launched this game. That's just weird. If the developer themselves like, you know what, guys, you know, we're going to launch it ourselves. You know, I get that. That's fine. That makes sense. But it's weird that GameForge now is launching this game. It's weird. What do it you think? is strange. And you know, did you know more? It's actually out on Steam too. It's not just yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know, of course. So it's actually got four hundred people playing right now on uh, mm-hmm. on Steam. I'm curious how many people will you know remain playing this game in like a I mean, week. Four, two weeks. Honestly, four. Like this numbers that, that's not a very impressive start at all. I mean, five hundred people for this. I game? mean, honestly, it's more than I thought it would be. Which is, you know, I don't know if that's a good. I don't know if that you know take that for what it's worth. No, but here's the they, they were it's, it's not like like for example critical reboot right that game also launched just like this last week right and they're out they, they launched with 3,000 players on the first weekend and they're 2,500 players on it right now it's just a reboot of critical online but by the developers themselves so and and, and critical reboot spoiler guys spent zero money on advertising how do i know this i ain't seen the ads at animals.com for them you know that's that's a good that's a good way to tell who's advertising if you see ads at animals.com that company's spending money Game on the Fire 2, they bought like the site skins. They, 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 they splashed good money around both on MOS.com and other websites. So they spent money advertising their game. And not only that, if you, if you kept an eye on Twitch, they paid a lot of Twitch streamers to play the game as well. There were some sponsored streams for the game. In fact, I've only seen sponsored streams for Kingdom on the Fire 2 when I looked at it. I'm sure there's some actual people playing now too. But it just, it just, somebody said they probably got the license dirt cheap. Yeah, they did. But there's a reason the license was probably dirt cheap because nobody else was publishing this game. The developer didn't even publish it themselves. Which leads me to think, it seems like a, it seems like a cash grab based yes. on their business model. Yes. If it was a free to play game, oh, it's a, whatever. It was made free to play in Korea. It's free to play here. That's fine. But they made it buy to play. It's like a twelve year old game now. You know what the? Oh, here's the curious part. So I'm reading some reviews on Steam. Mm-hmm. Some people are positive. Most are negative. Uh, one guy's saying, okay, it's not bad. There's some problems, but they can be fixed. But here's the problem: can they be fixed? Does GameForge have? access to the code do, you know do they have the code base can they de- actually change things or are they just taking what you know it was frozen in time when the koreans mm-hmm. gave up on it and just kind of pushing mm-hmm. it out there like are the bugs in the game fixable like do, do the people at GameForge have the capacity and access to the code to actually fix it i don't know that that's, that would be interesting to know yeah and people are saying the, the the translations are atrocious as well yeah like, there's so many little things that, not, that that part doesn't really bother me to be honest well, the one thing GameForge can do is do the translations. When you when you license a game, one of the few things as a publisher you're supposed to do is at least you know fix the grammar errors and translate the game. The localization is what the publisher is supposed to do. The bug fixes are what the developer is supposed to do. But there is no developer anymore, is there? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't thing? know. I, I think Blue. I think developer is still around, but it's just weird that the game doesn't exist anywhere else except now with this English version. I'm pretty sure the the Chinese version shut down. The Taiwanese version shut down. I'm not sure about the Korean version. But I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist either because I remember yeah. checking the the Wikipedia page for the Korean version. I couldn't find it. So. Like you said, I don't think these problems are fixable because it's only what GameForge themselves can do. I mean, GameForge is a pretty big company. They're owned by some huge German conglomerates, so they, they clearly can do some stuff. You know, they 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 they, they were playing a lot with the code with uh with uh, uh they can do some stuff obviously, but I'm not optimistic on what they can actually do. And this was a big financial boondoggle. This is actually one of the most expensive games ever developed, according to the the own developer. They spent over 75 million US dollars making this game, and it, it basically didn't go anywhere. Oh, thank you for that sub. Uh, 
ZGW. Five months in a row. Much love. Isn't Blue Side the developer officially bankrupt? Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's find out. I don't think out. they're bankrupt, but I don't think they have anything going for them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just floating in a. Yeah, it's it's just it's just weird that this ha like, it. I find it so strange and almost like misleading to a degree to have this game, without like mentioning the background behind it. I mean, obviously, Game Forge has no incentive to talk about like the checkered history of this game, and they advertise with us too. So I mean, we we should be too negative with them, but we're keeping it real. Like, if you look at the, we, the like the Korean website for this game, let's see what it says. Kingdom of the Fire 2, the Han game. Is this, is this even playable? Here's the official... Uh, Black Desert made about 1 million, by the way. This is the official Korean publisher for Black Desert... Uh, for, for Kingdom of the Fire 2. I linked it in the Twitch chat. Well, you know, guys, it's coming soon. How is the Korean version coming soon? And every other version shut down and not accessible. But for some reason, the Western version is available, but the Korean version is not. Also, the, the Russian version... Which is supposed to be by uh, Four Game. I'm pretty sure they just shut that down completely. They, I think they, they completely gave up on it. We're, originally, the, the Korean developer basically said we want to release the Russian version first, a Korean version, Southeast Asian version, Russian version, then English version. But the only version that's playable is the English version. What happened to the rest? They all shut down. They all failed. And then we get the buy to play scraps left over. It just seems like a last ditch effort to monetize the game is what it seems like. I mean. How it seems so obvious. It's just it's cash grab at this point. Yes, I agree. It is, and it's kind of it's just weird. It's it's kind of sad because uh, the what game tries to do some some unique stuff, you know. Yeah. So again, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article, and this is when uh, like there was a lot more excitement for this game in early 2017 when they they kind of reannounced new release schedules and like this game isn't dead. We're going to do it. But MOG Asia announced that beta for Kingdom of the Fire 2 for May 22nd, 2014, and then uh, they shut it down literally. Like this, like one month later, actually, which is remarkable. So the beta was in May 22, 2014. Developer revealed that there would be no data wipes after the launch of a beta, and very shortly after they shut it down, they shut it down in 2017 permanently. And it looks like the Russian version never actually launched. So I am not optimistic on what's going on with this game. I think there was a period in the like the mid 2000s when a couple of different studios were trying this blend of RTS and MMO. Which is what Kingdom Under Fire 2 does. If you if you can't tell by the you know gameplay video we showed, it's basically mm -hmm. lots of units you're fighting at a time. You're these huge battles, but you're also commanding like these soldiers, like NPC like armies. So basically, it's trying to mix RTS and MMO elements. There were a few games that tried stuff like this. I think they all flopped, right? I don't think any of them actually succeeded. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think this one is gonna do it either. I think the tech is too old. I uh, don't know what engine they're using, but it's probably not anything new. Um, mm -hmm. So I just uh, I just don't think it's a it's a viable product. All right, uh, and, and, and enough shitting on that for now. I, I got a bit of a story, Altai. Mm -hmm. All right, a little, little little bit of a story. All right, it deals with an issue we talk about quite a bit on this stream: uh, harassment and player behavior in MMORPGs. All right, so a certain somebody messaged me, sent me an email actually on uh, at omeratmos.com. I'm gonna go ahead and send it to you, Altai, and uh, let's see what you think. All right. So basically, somebody messaged me saying that they were getting harassed in uh, in Arcage Unchained. All right, they came to me. I'm not sure why they came to me, and they wanted me to kind of uh, cover the harassment on MMOs.com to shed light on this great mis great injustice in uh, in Arcage Unchained. So here's the email. I, I didn't. I'm not showing you who sent the email. So we we respect the privacy over here. All right, boys. So all right, I I just thought this was really odd because we you know. He emailed us, and we're the guys that for a long time have said, basically, we don't want players to get banned over, like, talking shit in games. 
So what happened here was this guy is basically saying he's 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 he wants to bring light to the to that Arcage allows toxic players in their game. So he's complaining that people are being mean to him in the game and they're they're vote kicking him from dungeons from instances in the game. And it's actually a, a violation of the TOS. And he's he want and the GMs aren't doing anything about it. And he wants us to shed light on this issue. And unfortunately for him, I basically I replied to this guy and I thought about it like wait a minute. I replied to this guy saying basically like, you know, buck up. What the fuck? You know, like if you're getting kicked out of your group, you're probably doing something wrong. All right. If or if somebody's being mean to you, go block them. You know, it wasn't the answer he was. It was not the answer he was expecting. But I feel like I had to give him tough love. What do you think? It's very odd that he's complaining about. So there's two complaints here. Yes. One ha holds very little value, which is in game being vote kicked or whatever. Right. Who cares? Yeah. But the second part, which I think more companies might have an issue with in the future is the discord channel if you mm -hmm. as a company are running your official discord channel now you are responsible for everything that goes on in there right mm -hmm. so this is why maybe sometimes having a third party uh you know reddit run by someone else or whatever or unofficial discord servers might be better because then you're not immediately responsible so i'm curious if like if you go into like a discord channel of like mm -hmm. you know arcage and you start doing like illegal stuff like literal like let's say cp or right? you're just training cp how much of that falls on Arcage now. I don't think any of it. I don't I'm know. Sure I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's just interesting to think that there's uh, twofold issues here. One harassment in game, mm -hmm. which is you know not real harassment, right? Because it's just vote kicking. It's not like they're also you know, harassing you in him. game with even messages. You you just block them. Promise solved. Right, but presumably it's, you can it's block just, them on Discord too. Yeah, you can you can block them on Discord, but it depends on what they're posting. I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's, it's interesting. And, and what's interesting to me is um uh, like when 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 I play Final Fantasy fourteen. I have seen numerous occasions where people are complaining that they're being like, no joke, guys. People tell me, like, people complain in Final Fantasy 14 that I'm being stalked in game. What can I do? I'm like, are you fucking serious? Just fucking block them or teleport somewhere else. Who cares? They're like, no, no, you don't get it. They, they follow me everywhere I go. I'm like, okay, just go somewhere else and ignore them. Like, how can you be stalked in a game? And, and, and like, woe is me. And they're asking GMs for help. Like, are you, are you how could, I'm just laughing. Like, like, who, what kind of, like, what kind of person to be like, be so worried that being followed in game by by an avatar? I think I, I think it's attention seeking. I think they're just doing it on purpose. Like they want attention. Maybe I don't, I don't think they're legitimately worried. Yeah, it's it's really strange that like people say that, and sometimes unironically that they're saying they're being stalked in a game. Really, I feel like this whole this whole uh, like almost like. The SJW narrative of safe spaces, you know, I don't want to get too much into SJW nonsense, but uh, I think a lot of the, the left wing stuff on the SJW stuff is actually there's pretty good nuanced argument for uh, for for some of that stuff, but a lot of that is kind of creeping into games in such a weird way where the idea I'm afraid in the future that griefing somebody in a game can get you banned eventually. Definitely, yet, like, what definitely. Are, what are, like for example, like well, World of Warcraft, for example, has a pretty they're actually pretty like Blizzard actually pretty good with the World of Warcraft in, in a PvP server if you if you corpse camp somebody that's not bannable it's part of the game it's unfortunate like they even say like too bad you know, you, you're gonna be uncomfortable getting like ganked or a camped you know but that's perfectly allowed in world of warcraft even today i'll die but in in uh in overwatch things like not picking meta can get you banned nowadays you know if you're not playing with your team or and even if you're playing to win there have been players that got banned for for playing non-meta roles as long as the whole team reports them you know well, didn't they just give? Didn't Overwatch just change the whole thing where there's only two of each role now, two, two, two? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, I, in Overwatch, I, someone in chat can answer this. Can you can you still change heroes, or are you locked in from the beginning? 
I think that's the next thing to go. Switching roles is going to go, I think. Switching. No, character. it seems like a big part of the game. Is it I don't like know. I think it's going to go. Game's play style? I can't go. No. That's like, they, they said for a long time that's one of the key features in Overwatch. But it, it does seem like because WoW is older, it kind of grandfathered into the old like mindset where griefing players in-game is allowed. And stuff like in EVE Online, griefing is allowed. But I am worried that in new games, literally griefing other players is going to become a bannable offense, even though it's allowed in the mechanics. I'm afraid that's going to be the future. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. So you can change heroes, but not roles. So you are stuck in certain roles. Yes, the roles are clocked from the beginning. Interesting. Now, I, I, think a, you, I think even that's going to change. I think even that will change. It will, you'll be stuck with the hero you pick. It just this this coddling behavior. I think is going to you know really screw up some games in the future. So it, it's definitely a bit odd. First of all, I don't think it's going to screw games up. I think I think this the, I think multiplayer will be like mobile games today. Multiplayer, asynchronous multiplayer. Any possibility of interacting, any possibility of a bad experience will be eliminated. And anytime you interact with another human, there's always a possibility of a bad experience, right? Yeah. Therefore, if I'm right, there will be there will be no possible way to interact with another player in future no, games. But, 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 but the thing about that is, yes, I, I can see where you're coming from, but it just seems like, even with the negatives, the fact that like there are no triumphs or amazing experiences without the negative experiences. You need... The negative experiences along with the like imagine you play overwatch and every game everyone's like you know wow you're so great you know imagine everyone's just like cheering you on every game you play like it wouldn't yeah. be fun sure would if you you know you, you need to have like the ups and downs the fact what makes any game whether it's mmo mrpg overwatch anything is the ups and the downs you can't have the positives without the negatives there are no positives without the negatives that's why Games like League can get people so anti, you know, up in arms. Counter Strike Go. Do you think if like, League came out today, it, it, it would allow things like you know, chat even? Like, I think if I, League came chat. out today, there would there would be no cross team chat. Yeah, there'd be no just no. Like, just, just like uh, you know, here's the storm. Yeah, but there would be team chat for sure. I don't know. I, I think there'd be. I think if League came out today, it would be a lot like what's it called Arena Valor in terms of player interaction. Yeah, there, there would be less. Again, you would not be able to communicate with an enemy team. That's off by default now, but you can still do it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, League of Legends Mobile is coming out soon, and I wonder what the player interaction, you know, parameters will be in that one. I mean, Nominous and Wander, that's, uh, I don't, that's not a conspiracy. That's reality. I mean, Nominous and Wander says, big brain conspiracy here. This is why they are developing the tech to drop AI into PvP matches. Eventually, all online games will be secretly single player. It's not secret. I mean, it is. They're trying to keep it secret, but this is that's reality. If you've played any of those mobile shooters, like um, if you play PUBG Mobile, spoilers, guys, you're playing against bots. The game doesn't tell you you're playing against bots. So basically, when you start playing, if it's like 100 players in the game, like 80% or 90% are bots. As you keep winning and getting better, they replace more bots with players. So what happens when you have a game with 10 real players and like 90 bots is everyone's experience is better because they feel like they're gods killing all these shitty bots. And they are just the number of bots to player ratio as you get better and better and better. So everyone just has this positive experience. And they're doing this without telling players. They're AIs in the, and it's not just it's not just mobile games. Do you guys remember um what was that what was that game the guys at High Res Studios? Paladins. Paladins had the their first PvP games against bots, and they didn't tell you they were bots. So for sure we'll have AI replacing players dynamically and adjusting that to, to maximize the player experience to be positive. Which I think is going to backfire and create like no meaning in these games. I don't think it will backfire. I think they'll make a lot more money. That's what's going to happen. Maybe. I mean, it's working for a lot of these mobile games, clearly. So, uh, Isaiah said in chat, one thing I hate about leak chat is how people will lie to other team to get the report. I, I do this all the time in the games I play. If someone's annoying me on my team, 
at the end of the game, right before the game ends, I'll be like, hey guys, great game. Uh, can you guys do me a favor and report this guy on my team? He's been saying racist stuff to me all game in chat. It's really, really was rude. And, I, and he'd be like, no, I wasn't. This guy's lying. <laughs> Honestly, the big brain play is... Uh... The, the, the big brain play in, in League and Dota is like every time like every time the enemy team makes a mistake, you have to like you have to get the other team to bandwagon on that guy. So like if you win a team fight, for example, and there was one like the top laner wasn't there and you win a team fight, 45, you say like in all chat, lol, good thing uh that the top uh top singe wasn't there or something, or that the top you know, Akali wasn't there, and they're like, Oh shit, you're right, he wasn't there. And then their whole team will be ganging up on that one guy who wasn't there. And like Ooh. it kind of destroys the team from within. You know, you, you want to give the enemy team an excuse, you know, because everybody wants an excuse and they'll probably be looking for it themselves too. But when the enemy team acknowledges the reason that you want to fight was because the other guy wasn't there, the enemy team will eat that shit up and destroy themselves from within. That's not bannable, Isaiah 12. That's not, no, you, you can say a good thing. This other player wasn't here and then that, that that's fine. Enemy team will jump on that right away. And somebody, yeah, somebody says, uh, you, you can get reported for saying GG nowadays. Uh, I think what was the what, you know you have to say if you say GG easy you can get you can get banned it's gotta be you gotta put the easy in there if you just say GG you're fine the easy is what gets you banned all right which here's a some here's a fun somewhat related story mm -hmm. so DeepMind I think we could for you know all this year and last year DeepMind has been working with StarCraft two to make an AI right mm -hmm. and so now they they I don't know I think we announced it like a few months ago where they were actually putting DeepMind in on matches that players were queuing for. So you get a chance to queue against the AI without you know without knowing who you were fighting. Mm. So now they're saying DeepMind is you know grandmaster level better than ninety nine point eight percent of players with all three races, and with much more restrictive parameters. For example, they can't see like everything on the map. They can only see what's on the screen, just like a player, right? And they got to move around the mouse. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing, let's say you're playing StarCraft, right, and your your uh, opponent leaves the match, but instead of telling you the opponent leaves the match and just ending the game. Because that can be annoying sometimes, right? You're like halfway through a game, somebody leaves, right? Mm -hmm. The AI takes over right where that player left off at his at his rank, and you keep playing. Wow, the match. would that be cool? But but here's the problem, Altai. That would lead to a whole like new sling of insults, where you could be like, uh, you could tell people, uh, oh god, can you please leave so we get the AI to take over because you're shit, you know? Like, <laughs> like there'd be such there'd be like, such a good insult to leave, like, oh, you're doing really bad this game. I don't know what's going on. Like, you're probably stressed out. Just just leave the game and let the AI take over. I mean, I can you imagine in League? Okay. So maybe in StarCraft is a bad example because in StarCraft, once one player leaves, the game ends with a victory. Yeah, yeah. But we're imagine in League of Legends that. where if a teammate leaves on one of the teams, he screws the game up for nine players, right? Yeah. But imagine if he leaves and you immediately gets controlled by an AI. It would mm -hmm. it would kind of save a lot of games, I feel. Mm -hmm. All right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the most remarkable statistic I read all all month. All right, Altai? Let's see if we find it. So the average revenue per download for a mobile game, Lineage M, is astounding. This is the most astounding statistic I read all month. So guys, the average revenue per download of Lineage M is $279 with over 8.2 million downloads. Remember, this is average revenue per download, not per paying user, per active user. This means if you downloaded, downloaded the game, even for a second on your phone, you just downloaded it, on average, you spent two hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Wow. That counts people that play the game for two seconds, and the people that play it all year. This is the this is the largest figure I've seen for any mobile game, and it's not just this isn't just a game with like five hundred downloads. It has eight point two million downloads. This game made over two point three billion in revenue since launching in twenty seventeen. So just to put that number in perspective again, 
if if this game was available as a buy to play game, okay, as a retail price, you know, sticker price, you buy once, play forever, no cash shop. If they had that business model and they charged two hundred and fifty dollars for the game, and they sold a remarkably successful eight point two million copies of the game at two hundred fifty bucks each, they'd still make less money than being free to play. That's Isn't crazy. that crazy? That is crazy. Because like, if they charge two hundred fifty bucks, and if you sell eight point two million copies in like a year or two years since the game launched, that's a that's a runaway success. Very few games get that many sales. Very few. You'd be one of the best selling games if you sold eight point two million copies at two hundred fifty bucks a pop. You are still better off being free to play than you are charging two hundred fifty bucks. That is absolutely nuts. And look this at shows this, you. And yeah. look at this amazing game you're getting for that f amazing price, guys. Wow. Can you can you believe these graphics? There you go, Pocky. If you're curious, give it a try. But watch out, Pocky. If you download the game, on average, they're gonna they're gonna get you for two seventy nine. All right. Game of the year, right there. So. It is astounding to me that they can make that kind of money from a mobile game. And this is why, guys, we're going to see more and more mobile games. You know, there's, there's no, like, it's crazy. When companies look at this, why are we selling our game for $60 one-time fee when this goddamn mobile game that looks like it's from 1999, which, by the way, it is, like, from 1999. It's a remake of, a, you know, the, the original lineage game, is making 27 bucks per download. So these mobile games are absolutely insane how much money they can make. And this is, this, this is the craziest one. Boys, we got to make a mobile game. We gotta make some so, money. Remember, this this was the exceptional example, right? Yeah, this yeah. except on the same article though, Lindy Two Revolution. Remember that game, guys? That was like they literally paid Shroud. They paid literally every big Twitch streamer to play this game. But like that one week, everybody was playing Lineage Two Revolution because everyone got some of that that NCSoft money except MOS.com. People said they didn't, we didn't get that money. But this game has much more downloads, right? Lineage Two Revolution has thirty point five million downloads, unique downloads. Okay, on average, they made fifty seven dollars per download. But that's over 30 million downloads. That's still insane. I mean, over $1.7 billion in revenue. And I think the only reason the revenue per download is lower is they literally paid every streamer to, to advertise the game. And that brought in a lot of casuals to the game that played for five minutes, like, what the hell is this thing uninstalled? So, and, and even with that, it's 57. I downloaded this game, by the way, guys. I think all they downloaded it. So we yep. spent zero, by the way. So we, we brought down the average. But the average per download is 57 bucks. You know, you know what is the it's three D. You got to go with the two D look of this OG lineage, guys. That's where it's at. Also, here's the remarkable. Here, this is amazing too. If we look at the best selling video games of all time, Altai, all time, and we look at lineage. If we assume lineage revolution was a retail copy, available at sixty dollars. How much? How much would it sell? You think? Where 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 in the list would it be? Would it be high up on the list? Say it again. Say it again. Repeat that. Okay, right, so let's 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 look at the list of best selling video games of all time. All okay. right. And if we look at the total downloads for this game, and we assume each of these downloads is a purchase, all right? Every download equals one dollars $6 purchase for a full-budget game. Where would it be on the list of best-selling games in terms of units? For, for Lineage 2 or 1? Uh, this is Lineage 2 with 30.8 million downloads. Oh, it would be, well... It's going to be pretty high on that list all the time. Yeah, yeah, I, probably top 10. Look, look at this list. So I, I gave a list of the best-selling video games of all time. So if we put Lineage 2 Revolution on this list, it would be it would be above Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And that game was released God knows how many times, all right? And some of these don't really count. Like, Wii Sports doesn't really count. It was included with every copy of Wii, you know? And the thing is, the, if we look at the 30.5 million downloads, guys, the game made average $57 per download. The average revenue per user is actually higher than any other game on this list. The average Minecraft user doesn't spend $57. The average Tetris player only paid like 20 bucks at launch, and that's it. Grand Theft Auto V probably has a higher average revenue per user. But a lot of these other games are one-time buys. 
you know? And, 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 the, and the price went down after release. Whereas this is $7 per download. It's insane. It is, this is why you're going to see more mobile games as free-to-play. Free-to-play isn't like... You make more money as a free-to-play game than as a full-budget game. There's yeah. more money in a free-to-play than there is a full, you know, as a retail price. Especially in mobile. Mm-hmm. World's going to come like this in the future. No cost. But here's the thing, too. But that's why I think I've been saying for a long time when it comes to like Final Fantasy XIV and World of Warcraft, I am okay with companies like Square Enix just doing a bit more monetization. I'm, I'm okay if they put more like stuff in the cash shop and do a little more, they, they, they do more microtransactions. But people go up in arms the second there's even one iota of like extra convenience for paying players in a game like Final Fantasy XIV. But we have to give them that slack. If you don't give them that slack, they're going to make only mobile games because they can make so much more money in mobile games. Speaking of mobile games, I think we're going to, obviously we're going to continue to see some classic MMORPG names that we know, you know, from PC mm -hmm. era go to mobile. Like this week, uh, Handbitsoft announces Granada Espada Mobile. So yeah. this is a uh, this is a game that was pretty different than than a lot of other MMORPGs for its era, and uh, you know the the shtick here was you control three characters at once. Mm -hmm. So the gameplay is obviously not from the mobile version. There is no gameplay of the mobile version yet. Mm -hmm. It's from the actual PC version. But it's good to see a game like this at least get somewhat revived, right? This was one of my. It's an oldie. It's one of my. It's one of the, one of the better I think free to play MMORPGs of that era. 26 months in a row. Much love, Canaris. Thank you for the happy birthday. Much love. Oh, wow, you're and in the big 3 club now, right? I am. I, I am. Oof. I'm level 30 now, boys. Level 30 IRL. I am no longer in my level 20s. I, I, I officially job changed to, to oldie, the boomer. I'm no longer young, boys. But yeah, the, the Granada Spot of Mobile, I don't think it's going to be a particularly big hit, but we're going to see basically every game, every franchise on mobile. Also, Altai, I was talking about Final Fantasy XIV earlier and mobile games. Let's let's take a look at the Square Enix earnings presentation for 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 this November seventh, twenty nineteen. It's for okay. the latest the latest quarter. It's for the third quarter of twenty nineteen, though. Very confusing because they, they refer to it as their second quarter of fiscal year twenty twenty. They got a different fiscal year than a calendar year. Don't worry about it. It's referring to the last to the quarter three of twenty nineteen. So what's interesting here is um. Final Fantasy XIV still makes pretty good money, boys. Still makes surprisingly pretty good money. If you scroll down, you can see the on slide number on nine, you'll see their HD games revenue. They had no major releases this last quarter, so you're not going to see any big numbers there. For the digital entertainment MO revenue, you can see on slide wow, 10. Wow, look at that big boost. Look at the, a big boost is because of you know the new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV finally got included in their in their data. The the last quarter was not really the launch period. They, they kind of captured the early access period, but the official launch was in a this last quarter, I think July or something. So it was just in that quarter. They're up to 13.6 billion yen in uh in revenue. I'm gonna give you the let's give you I'll, I'll give you that in American because it's more relevant that way. But it's it's making some decent money. Making some decent money for a change. And it's because I think the subscription numbers are an all-time high as well, which is uh which is pretty good for them. So that that comes out to uh hundred twenty million dollars for the quarter in uh this last quarter, which is about uh thirty million dollars a month, forty million dollars a month actually. And their operating oh. income is going to be uh, still pretty high. Their profitability is definitely is definitely not bad. More interestingly, you look at their profitability for the operating income for mobile games versus uh, MMOs. They actually make more profit from their steady eddy MMO than they do on their mobile games. Let's see. This is a chart I always like for these uh, game companies. What percent of their sales are digital? So disc mm. versus digital. Let's see here. For uh, this quarter, we got... In Japan, 
Well, they still have a, they still have a million discs. Even America, two point three million disc sales. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I made a funny point. That half the income is people buying uh, race chains to become a Viera, which was the new race in Shadowbringers. I'm sure a lot of people do do, do that. I, I kind of wish they broke down the numbers between monthly subscriptions and uh, microtransactions. That'd be a really interesting statistic to hear, but they never break it down. I think sometimes uh, I think why I broke it down once and it was surprisingly high for microtransactions, but these guys don't break it down. But MMOs, at least Final Fantasy 14 on the PC as an MMO, is still doing surprisingly well in terms of you know their numbers and. Honestly, I'm okay with them if they want to monetize a little bit more at the cash shop. I think, I think we as players should should let it you know should shouldn't get too upset over stuff like that because otherwise the alternative future is all mobile games. Look, this is my favorite Square Enix product, guys. The uh, the old arcade uh, the slot machines. Yeah, slot. What is this? What is going on here, boys? Is this is this supposed to be golf? I think people don't realize, but Square Enix makes money off those arcade machines. They make money off publications as well. You know, they're they're a manga publisher as well. They own a manga up app. Their their manga publishing division did pretty well this quarter as well. But the numbers are still nowhere near what they make from uh, from mobile games and PC games. I mean, Woozy TV. I, I've I've been saying that for a while. I mean, I, I don't like pay to win, but I still defend like generally fair stuff companies can do to monetize it just seems like every time a company tries to monetize a bit more people go up in arms no matter how much like how fair it seems like they're not like they're not jumping the shark or doing really crazy making completely pay to win they usually it's over very small things people get very upset over but nobody seems to get upset over mobile games where people go full-on pay to win so it's very strange yeah but yeah, that's what's been happening with, with Square Enix. While we're on the earnings uh, discussion, worth mentioning, uh, Nexon as well came out with their earnings, which I thought was fairly interesting. And as Activision Blizzard, firstly, uh, Nexon's numbers, uh, the real big highlight for Nexon is that MapleStory's revenues are at an all-time high, guys. Can you believe wow. that? Look at this chart. It's, very, it's kind of hard to see, but if you if you right-click, open image, and new tab, Alta, you'll see it. MapleStory life-to-date revenue trend. You see that? Let's see. Yeah, I see it. Showed off on stream. So you can see in 2003, when MapleStory came out in South Korea, I mean, there's no X and Y axis on this chart, but there's the, uh, there's the X axis and the Y axis for the total revenue. But uh, there are estimates for MapleStory revenues. But the game's revenue, this it's basically, it's a 16 year old game, guys. But this last quarter, MapleStory made more money than any other period of the game's history, which is incredible for a 16 year old game. Even MapleStory M is making money, but just the PC version of MapleStory is still absolutely killing it. Basically, Nexon as a company is Dungeon Fighter Online is their biggest success. After that, it's MapleStory, and MapleStory is huge in South Korea. Even the American version, Nexon America, the most popular Nexon America game is still MapleStory. I mean, throughout all these years when Nexon kept making shit games and launching new games and trying new games, every the only game that was actually really busy was always MapleStory. I think this is still always worth looking at. And it amazes me. So if you look at you know Nexon's revenue by region, 45% is Korea, 34% is China, 6% Japan, 6% mm-hmm. North America and 9% the rest of the world. It's so mm-hmm. it's so small. It's so small outside China and Korea. Mm-hmm. And Nexon is basically a you know, Korea-China company. All of North America is 6%. Remember, it's 6% after they've made some big acquisitions. Nexon bought like three gaming companies in America. They bought some mobile studio that makes these uh these really weird those really weird uh like, stories games. Yes, I think they're called stories, right? Yeah, yeah. Captured it's like there's, there's so many meme, there's so many ridiculous ads for those games too. So they increased their North America revenue by buying other companies, and it's still such a tiny, tiny fraction. Though you know, PC gamers represent though. If you look at their 
74% of revenue is from PC versus only 26% from mobile. So Nexon is still very much a PC company because of Dungeon Fighter Online and, uh, and MapleStory. That's true as well, Freezing Tiles. I think gaming is has become more inclusive now. We got a lot more female gamers, girl gamers. Many of them on Twitch these days, you know, selling premium Snapchats nowadays, you know, it's good, good, good business model. It's all about TikTok now, right? Yeah. Is it? All right. We got to mention one more, mention Activision Blizzard real quick too. They had a fun statistic as well. And once again, has to do with mobile. So you can see uh, this, this kind of covers all their big franchises. Blizzard had monthly active users of 33 million. The fun stat here was... Uh, in Q3, World of Warcraft Classic drove the biggest quarterly increase to subscription plans in the franchise's history in both the West and the East. So WoW Classic led to a greater increase in WoW subscriptions than at any other point in the game's history. So WoW Classic definitely off to a strong start there. And they said it's continuing into the Q4. Um, they reveal Shadowlands, obviously. But the, the, the fun slide here is the third quarter 2018 segment results. So bring, get, up, get, up, get that in big. Way ahead of you. Way ahead of me. Way ahead of me. All right. Walk, walk us through these numbers, Altai. All right, so the all right, so well, we have three different divisions for Activision Blizzard, right? We got Activision, Blizzard, and King. King makes Candy Crush. They're the mobile division. So mm -hmm. at the top of each of these uh, little bars, we got their total revenue. So let's, let's look over there. So Activision had two hundred and nine million, Blizzard had three hundred ninety four million, and King is sitting at five hundred million. Now that's the only revenue. If we look at operating mm -hmm. income, this is you know after their expenses, twenty six million only for Activision, barely broke even, little ahead. 74 million for blizzard and 194 million for king that means that king the candy crush guys made more than double what mm -hmm. activision and blizzard made combined and i i find that amazing so there were people a couple of years ago that were kind of questioning activision blizzard paying like billions for king but it's clearly what's the wise move because now king is carrying the whole company yeah when you when you buy Activision Blizzard, when you invest in Activision Blizzard, the company, what you're really buying is King. You know, you're investing in Candy Crush. This whole Blizzard, this Warcraft, this Call of Duty, it's a rounding error. The biggest and most successful franchises in this company are Candy Crush. Candy Crush makes more money than Activision and Blizzard combined times two. It makes twice as much money as both Blizzard and Activision combined. That is, that is insane, boys. Now, it should be noted this is only for this third quarter. And this is third quarter doesn't count Call of Duty. So Call of Duty came out in the fourth quarter. So I'm sure, you know, it doesn't matter. And King will make more money than both combined. We're, we're a double right now. So yeah, it'll close the gap a bit. Yes. But look at the look at the margins. King has a 39% operating margin. So about 39% of the spend in Candy Crush falls right to that sweet, sweet bottom line. Versus Blizzard is 19% and Activision is 12%. You know what? I, I want to see a... Um... Like a, uh, a Warcraft Candy Crush clone. You know, like you have like orcs, you have three orc heads combined and they all disappear. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, generally, Canaris for any software companies, uh, gaming companies we consider software, you you should have higher margins than like at least 20%. But as long as, as, long as you're in the green, as long as you're still making profit, it's still good. But it just shows you it makes, the, the profit margin on mobile games for at least uh, for King is so much higher. Exactly. Someone chat. There, that's... That's, that's right there. See, in the future we're gonna be we're gonna be combining three heads, three orchids. <laughs> that's gonna be Warcraft four right there. Okay, Warcraft four is gonna be a match three Warcraft game. All right, it's happening. 
<laughs> uh, Activision Blizzard is not losing money, uh, Malicious Black. Uh, I don't know what you're smoking. The stock price is down, obviously, but that's that's relative. That's the value of their market cap. They're still wildly profitable. So I, I don't know where you're getting the where you think they're losing money. This is all public information. So since you mentioned that, we can look at the actual. Uh, I think I linked to it actually in the in that article. So if you click on the, I'll bring it up. Somebody called said that they're, they're losing money. Let's go prove them wrong on stream. Click that source, Altai. Click the source. All right. Click the see. source. Scroll down to page four. Page four. Third quarter results. Q3 gap revenue is at 1.28 billion dollars, exceeding their estimates of 1.11 billion. Gap earnings per share of 26 cents versus guys of five cents. By the way, if your gap earnings per share is positive, you are in that sweet sweet net income territory. Q3 yeah. net book is 1.2 billion. Yeah, EPS means earnings per share. So for every stock out there, they made 26 cents. So that's, yes. that's a profit. Yeah, so we're talking millions and millions of dollars in profit. We give hundreds of millions of dollars. I'll get the actual number from their financial statements. Their actual, uh, let's see, total net income for the quarter is going to be $204 million for the last three months. So they're quite quite in the positive over there. Stock price has been down since uh, last BlizzCon, but uh, we'll see where that ends up in the in the future. I'm pretty sure... Despite all the hate, I think uh, Diablo Immortal is going to make some sweet, sweet China bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, Diablo Immortal might have some competition depending on when it comes out. Uh, I mm -hmm. want to talk about this a little bit. Path of Exile had a huge announcement, too, while we were mm -hmm. gone. So they announced Path of Exile 2, which is... I don't like the name, to be honest, because it's it's still Path of Exile. It's just a second campaign. Second seven-act campaign. So mm -hmm. when this comes out, basically, you're going to have the option to play the current campaign, which is 10x, or the second mm -hmm. campaign, which is 7x. Um but more, more interestingly, a mobile version was announced. And this mm -hmm. mobile version, they say, is a Path of Exile with no compromises. And I think they're competing directly with Diablo Immortal with this. Because remember, Tencent owns Path of Exile. Diablo Immortal is being developed by NetEase. So I think they, they want to go head-to-head -head in China with these two games. Yeah. So... Uh it is weird because, like you said, it's two different campaigns, and apparently they both meet up at the same like shared end experience game. at the end. Yes. Yeah. So at the end, it's basically just one big update. So the name itself, very confusing. I'm not sure why they they, they chose to go with that. Maybe it's the uh, Chinese influence. Because you know, in China, they randomly put a two. They do big updates. <laughs> they'll just stop like a two at the end. Like the Perth World Two, but it's the same game. It's confusing. China does weird things like that. There was also a big update for uh, Path of Exile One. I think in December three or four, early December. Another big update to, to the game, the, the Metamorph League, plus the... Conquerors, Conquerors of the Atlas. Of the Atlas. Yep, yep. Yes, big expansion coming for it, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's going to do well. I mean, almost every expansion for Path of Exile, I look at my Steam list, all my buddies who used to play Path of Exile, they all jump back in. So it's a game that you can kind of play with every big update. And the good thing about the mobile version, too, they said it wasn't going to be pay-to-win. And when, when Grind the Gear game says it's not going to be pay-to-win, they, they pretty much lived up to that standard for the PC version. So I, I, I kind of believe them at this point. They yeah. are the dream devs. They're, yes, they're being legit when they say not pay to win. So good for them. So they said the Path of Exile 2 will probably not come out until... If, the beta won't even come out until at the end of 2020. So we probably won't see a release until 2021. But that still, mm -hmm. I think, will way beat um, Diablo 4. Diablo mm -hmm. 4, uh, I think uh, Blizzard was kind of uh, forced to announce it because they had such a bad... Uh, you know. Reception last yeah, year, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the the guys at Diablo Four specifically said this game is nowhere near, you know, release. They so got I years think to go I, for that. Okay, my guess is at least three years away. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So this, so we have a long road for Diablo Four. I think Path of Exile Two uh, will come out way before uh, Path of uh, before Diablo Four. Mm -hmm. 
especially Overwatch 2. So yeah, Path of Exile 2 is just like Overwatch 2. I didn't quite get the Overwatch 2 thing either. It felt very weird, didn't it? Yeah, it, they're going to merge well, into the main client eventually. I don't know. It's because they, it, it's, it's they want to make more money, but they pigeonhole themselves into saying, oh, if you buy Overwatch 1, you'll never have to pay for new heroes and new maps. That's always going to be included. By, by saying that, they, they kind of force themselves to make Overwatch 2 because they, they, could, they, they weren't making enough money from the loot boxes that they wanted to make they wanted to sell you another retail copy of the game and they, they have to live up to their previous promise and they, I guess they didn't want to screw over the fact that by dividing their player base. So they made basically upgraded graphics and some story content and they're going to charge you money for it. And of course, they're cross-play compatible and all the same heroes are going to be available in both. So it's very weird that they, they chose to go that route. If they went with the League of Legends route where they charge you money for heroes, I think people would be okay with it at the end. That, yeah, the cinematic, of course. I mean, they've always done really good cinematics for Overwatch, so 100%. It, it looks beautiful. Even that Diablo 4 cinematic was kind of cool, too. All right, I'll tell you. What's up? Have you, heard of, have you heard of this game? I've been seeing ads for it on MMOs.com. It's called Battle Breakers. Let's see. What is this? An awesome new RPG. I'm pretty, I, I think it's an epic game it's developed. Epic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've been seeing ads on MMOs.com, so I clicked into it out of curiosity. And. It's an Epic Games developed mobile game. I think it's mobile and PC, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let me check. Oh, you're right. Also available on Android and iOS. It's cross-platform. Yeah. Okay, so when I saw this thing, the first thing my eyes gravitated towards on this page is that, see the official gameplay trailer? And this drives me insane. It says official gameplay trailer, right, guys? No Let's see play. some gameplay in this official gameplay trailer. Put it on out there. Let's see some gameplay. Oh, oh, we're seeing... Oh, wait, there's some right here. Wait, let's go back. Right, so you, you got you, you got a few seconds of it here. Look, it looks like a mobile. You literally, see the, you literally only see the gameplay for a few seconds at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's literally three seconds of gameplay at the what end. What is this? It's like some mobile uh, turn-based thing. Canaris, don't don't give me that Canaris. Look at this. Scroll down over here, guys. Do you see an awesome new RPG official gameplay trailer? It says right beneath it. All right, it says official gameplay trailer. And once you click into it, the YouTube video is called Official Launch Trailer. On the splash page itself, it says Official Gameplay Trailer. It does, right here. Yeah, it does. Very say clearly. It. See right here. So they're just lying. If they, they, they said Launch Trailer, that's fine. But don't call this a Gameplay Trailer. They snuck in two seconds of gameplay at the end, but that's it. I, I mean, I might try this. I don't know why Epic made this, but if it's on PC, I might as well try. Actually, you know what? I'll probably try it on my phone. It's probably easier. Yeah, I, I kind of want to try it too, only because it's Epic Games. I mean, I'm probably not going to like it because I, I have not really liked a lot of mobile games. I've tried a lot, but I've really been stuck with any of them. Though I do want to give um, Dragalia Lost a real chance because I know Shreya has been playing a lot of Dragalia Lost and she's trying to rope me into it, insisting that I'm going to like it. So I do want to give it a better better shake. Better shake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this game is only interesting because it's Epic Games. I'm kind of curious what they got going on, even though they really haven't had a good first-party game. Since like Fortnite, I guess a lot of their first-party games have been a complete disaster. Oh. It's amazing that company they they, they they they've launched so many misses, right? It's so it's this it's this is such a hit or miss business because even um that new Unreal Tournament game was like kind of a disaster. Did they shut it down or is that just like a demo still running? I I I don't know. They, they had that they had that MOBA as well. What was that called? I'll tell you. They shut down. Paragon. They shut down. Paragon. They shut down. But then they got Fortnite and it was it was a huge success. So Par Paragon sucked, and we said it, and then we got some blowback. People saying, oh, it's, oh, it's actually really good. You don't know what you're doing. No, it, it sucked. sucked. I, I didn't like they it. They knew it, it sucked. sucked. It sh shut it down. Vindicated. It sucked. <laughs> it did suck. All right. <laughs> I got to stick to your guns. 
I think it sucked too. I, I, I tried to like it, but didn't do it for no me. No soul. It was just like these sci-fi generic yeah, assets. Yeah. Play Smite instead. Play Smite. More soul. It didn't. Can I, it had nice graphics in terms of like the quality of the graphics, but the art style um, was just so yes. generic. It, nothing stood out. It was just bland. Yeah, I agree. It feel generic. But, but, yeah, Paragon, uh, Smite might not be a better game, like the, but at least things stand out. Like the characters stand out. Gary the Giraffe, I'm going to disagree. I don't think it was masturbatable. I think if your game is masturbatable, it's a good sign of your game. You can, it, it'll help your game succeed. All right? But those characters were not... I don't know, dude. I mean, you really, you got to really try hard to masturbate to the graphics in, uh, in Paragon. Ain't doing it for me. Ain't doing it for Remo. You know, uh, Xbox also had a big uh, announcement uh, while we were gone. Announcement this week. First of all, Final Fantasy XIV is coming to Xbox. Uh, did you hear about that? Yes. But we, we, we kind of talked about this like oh. months ago where... What's his name? The Xbox guy said they're going to work to make it happen. I think we they they basically re- restated the same okay, but thing. More, more importantly, guys, Cartwrighter is coming. Ooh, that's a big one. Cartwrighter is coming to Xbox, boys, and PC. I'm actually hyped for that. Yeah, it's me too. PC as me well, too. This was like a, this was a huge game in Korea. Nexon kind of teased it here like 15 years ago. They the released it. That we played it. It was a beta here. It was a beta here, but then they didn't shut it down. Yeah, I'm hyped for Cartwrighter. Yeah, me too. On PC. Yeah, I'm hyped for Cartwrighter on PC. It's basically Mario Kart on the PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would think, like, with how big of a game Mario Kart is, like, why has anybody else made a Mario Kart on PC? Like, it seems, like, so obvious. Like, anyone can play it. It's wacky. It's It was fun. I really liked the, the create. I really liked Kart Rider back in the day. Armored Core. I remember that. Monty Blanc. I played Armored Core on the, on the PS2 back in the day. Good stuff. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I am looking forward to Cart Rider. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. The zone of the Ender is Armored Core. There you go. The game is so popular in South Korea. Honestly, it's also really popular in China now too. There's a mobile Cart Rider came out in China and it's doing really, really well apparently. Cart Rider Pog, hell yeah! We had a lot of big announcements this week, guys. So I think there's a, a game you you put a story up for. I haven't played it yet. I'm curious what you guys think of uh, Project Arena. This is a mobile slash uh, PC crossplay MRPG that looks like Maple, Maple Story Two clone. But why? Who who asked for this? <laughs> so that's a good question. I thought who did ask for that. I feel like if you're gonna clone Maple Story, clone the more popular one. You know, Maple Story One. How generic of a project? Or honestly, it's very generic. <laughs> it might be, it might be a, like a placeholder name, but it's just funny that how how much it looks like Maple Story. Yeah, like, I, I don't get it. The graphics, I don't get it either. What are they doing? Clone Maple Story One, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't got. It looks so much like Maple Story too. Like, even like the subtle things, you know, like not just the graphic style, but like. The boss designs of the, I don't know. Nomino's asking the real question though: Does it have an end game? Which is the problem with Maple Story, Maple Story Two. Just run the same dungeon like fifty times, trying to get the one piece of gear. Yeah, there you go. Lord Foe asking the important things. F Maple Story Three. I'm waiting for Freestyle Three. Hell yeah, dude. Yo, I have I have a hundred hours clocked into Freestyle. I know obviously it's not that much compared to other people, but I played a lot of Freestyle uh, One back in the day as well. Right? I'm, I'm an OG. Freestyle street basketball player, all right? Great game. When is PUBG 2? 
Oh, I have some bad news, guys. Hmm. So, uh, I think last year at G G Star, hmm. Nexon said they were working on a kind of their version of Monster Hunter. Do you guys remember this Dragon Hound? Vaguely. Well, they canceled it. It's gone. It's dead. Another Nexon canceled game. Rest in pepperoni. I think actually in the Nexon earnings report, they did mention um, they did mention a few other games are coming soon. I mean, I don't know if we showed this slide last time, but uh, you can see the they got some stuff on there. All right, they got a uh, Final Fantasy XI mobile. I'm, uh, how is that going to work? Have we heard anything on that yet? No. I'm I'm curious because like Final Fantasy XI is not a you know a good UI game. I, I don't see how that translates to mobile. But if they can make a good version, like if Nexon or if anyone can make a good mobile and more PG that doesn't feel like autoplay nonsense. They can make money. I think it'd be, they're already making money with the autoplay nonsense too. But like, I would love to play a good mobile MRPG that, you know, it's not autoplay. Do you think uh, Black Desert Mobile has a chance in the West or no? Uh, I'm not optimistic. I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be just like Lineage. Like, it really felt like Lineage 2 Revolution. Boom. I played the Korean version. It's Boom. basically Lineage 2 Revolution, but with a better character creator. You got more options in character creation. Graphics are a little bit better. But the game, I mean, Lineage 2 Revolution is still a huge hit in South Korea. And I think Black Desert Mobile is still a huge hit in Korea and Japan as well. So Black Desert Mobile is doing well in both Japan and Korea, but I don't think it's doing, I don't think Lineage 2 Revolution is doing particularly well in uh, in NA. I'm, I'm kind of curious where it is, because I know when it launched, they spent so much money trying to make Lineage 2 Revolution a thing. Let me see. Let's see. If, do you think it's in the top 500, Altai? In, in, in NA? In NA? 500? Games or apps? No, all-time grossing. Ooh, no, it's not. That's remarkable. Lineage does not show up at all on the top 500 highest grossing iOS games list. But you have games like Garena Free Fire, Spooky Night. You have Starfleet Command, Star Trek Fleet Command, Jackpot Magic Slots Casino is on this list, Altai. But you don't have Lineage 2 Revolution. So it's remarkable how much that game fell off the radar. Is it even playable still in the West? Like, Or did it shut down? It must be playable. Yeah, they spent a lot of money promoting this game. Let me see if you can find it. I'm curious. I'm sure it's still playable. I feel like again, they spent way too much money to shut it down. Yeah, it's still it's still on here. Dragonhound honestly looked pretty bad. I saw the trailer. There wasn't really too much to go off of there. But yeah, it's. I I think I think we're gonna get the same reception in the West from, from uh. Well, Black Desert. I got, I got yet another announced mobile MMO for you because there's so many of these. This one is based on the Nino Kuni world. Yeah, this one looks really pretty, actually. Yeah, it does look really cool. Man, it looks good graphically, but I'm just scared gameplay wise, it's going to be the same nonsense. It looks pretty. That's all I got going for that one. You know, there's not much else to work on. Yeah, it looks really pretty. World of Tanks Blitz apparently is still big on mobile. This kind of this kind of gives me some um, vibes for the other canceled Nexon game. What was it called? The one that kind of looks like oh, Parry Chronicles. Parry, yeah, this, this kind of gives me Parry Chronicles vibes. Although, can you guess the most popular mobile game in USA? Uh, most highest revenue generating mobile game. Probably Clash of Clans or something. 
Candy Crush, baby. Candy, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. Should've, Candy should've Crush. Should have guessed. We were just talking about how much money King was making. Candy Crush, boys, is minting that sweet, sweet bucks. I, I don't understand how. I don't, I don't get it. What I don't get is why is Toon Blast number 11 on this list, which is the Candy Crush clone? Makes no sense. What is the top five? Alta, do you have app any? They, they, they can see it too. I have to like log in here. You can just screen cap it. All right, uh, all right. You guys, let me let me let me say they're just games, so we can we, we can get we can get, you know, ignore all the other nonsense. Let's take a look. I'm gonna screen cap the top grossing games, and this is for this is today, and this is only in USA. All right, I'll take a look at you. FGO is popular. FGO is huge, but not in America. FGO is not popular in America. It is very popular in Japan. Makes over a billion dollars a year because of its success in China and Japan. In the West, I think Fake Grand Order is like number 250 or something. All right, so Clash of Clans was number three. Mm -hmm. Homescapes is number two. I don't know what that is. I, actually, I think, I think I've seen someone play this. I think you just design a house, like a, a layout. Tomb uh, Blast. Representing Turkey, baby. All right, good job. Good job, Turkey. You're on the list. Gardenscapes is number five. I guess that's like Homescapes. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones Conquest is number what seven? Mm -hmm. Shit! Good job, uh, Turbine. Turbine saved themselves with that one. Slot I can't believe Mafia Mania. City is so popular still. It's on, it's on this list further down. I, I like the Canaris one for Netherlands. Uh, Candy Crush is number one in Netherlands still. Guns of Gl I don't understand how Guns of Glory Empires Conquer. Anyone plays these games? It's another mobile pay-to-win strategy game. There's nothing to it. It's a Chinese mobile strategy game that's awful. Mafia City is like number 10 in uh, in, in Netherlands, which, which I think just is not a good sign for Netherlands if this game... Which, if you look at the countries, you can judge the quality of, the, of their taste of the population based on the highest grossing games of that country, all right? Is that, isn't that also a... a Filation, is that also a pay-to-win strategy game? Isn't that a pay-to-win strategy game? Okay, I'll time. Look, look, look at this picture. I'm looking at the the game of the, this guy, Rise of Kingdoms. Do you see? Do you see something wrong with this? Why is this guy's head so big versus the rest of his body? What do you mean? Why is his head so small? So small. He's so small. His head is tiny. Yeah, this is uh, this is weird. This was the picture in the the Rise of Kingdoms game page on here. It's a uh, very odd. Honestly, you know, we talk about Asians, like Chinese players having shit taste. I think Americans have worse taste in mobile games than Koreans and Japanese and Chinese. Honestly, like some of these, we have the absolute shit of the shit in our highest grossing list. The only, the only good game on the list I linked you all earlier was uh, was probably Roblox. Everything else is like some pay-to-win nonsense. Like, I, I still rather play like Lineage 2 Revolution or Black Desert Mobile than any of those mo you know, mobile pay-to-win strategy games or match three games. It's a little exaggerated inflation, just just a little bit. Wow, Isaiah twelve says he dropped almost two thousand in FGO, so it came in left. Look, that they're designed to get you, all right. And listen, Isaiah, if you've at least played Fake Grand Order for two thousand hours, you're fine. All right, one dollar an hour is okay, cost of entertainment. All right, if you got some good value out of it, if you played the game enough, it's okay. Do you think WoW will ever go mobile? Altai, there will be a World of Warcraft yes, mobile for sure. Yes, there should be. I mean, autoplay version of WoW in mobile. Why not? Right. Definitely. Why not? Mm -hmm. 
You know what's huh? funny though? How okay, so Diablo Immortal, I think it's a joke because it's being outsourced to Netmarble or NetEase, mm-hmm. NetEase, right? So it's kind of a. I, I feel like it's kind of shameful for uh, Blizzard, but if Blizzard themselves yeah. make a mobile game, I, th- I think we as players should at least be. Should, we shouldn't attack it right away, like like we did with Mo- Diablo Immortal. I think mm-hmm. Diablo Immortal deserves to hate it got because they just outsourced one of their key franchises to some bullshit Chinese company. But if they mm-hmm. do it themselves, we should at least give it a chance. We shouldn't attack it immediately. Yeah, I think that's fair. We got we got to embrace mobile gaming, boys. All right, we're just boomers over here, hanging on to our old playing WoW Classic. I'm playing Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. I'm playing. We're playing Warcraft 3 every night, Altai. In twenty in two K nineteen, we're playing. We're playing War, Warcraft Three, on Bnet. All right, we're playing tower defense games on Bnet. We're stuck in the past. I mean, kick out fifty five. I mean, everyone's playing on mobile nowadays, though. I mean, they're gonna go there. I, I I'm always gonna prefer playing on my my giant twenty seven inch monitor, but the world has left us behind. I got a shitty Kickstarter, but we could save it for the, the post game because it's not uh, MMO related. All right. Well, that's a good point to leave off then. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled weekly appearances here, mm-hmm. guys. Thanks for the sticking with us during this long mm-hmm. hiatus. Mm-hmm. And uh, stick around, and we can bash Kickstarter. I love it. All right. Later for you, too. Peace.